0: This episode is brought to you by Planet Broadcasting's 2018 partnership with Care Australia and Everyday Hero, supporting women and girls living in extreme poverty around the world.
1: To donate to our campaign, visit planetbroadcasting.com or click on the link in the show notes below.
0: The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and
1: mild course language.
0: relax, this is TOEFOP, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, hello Charlie. Hello Will, you're looking very wintry, you've got
1: your beanie on indoors. Yeah, it's cold here today in Melbourne and uh, I just took the dogs for a walk and uh, haven't managed to have a shower yet today, uh, it's Saturday, um, you know I do breakfast radio now and most of the time I think I feel like I'm handling my tiredness, my relentless sort of jet laggy tiredness pretty well. But uh, last night I sat down on the couch uh, to watch a game of football and I got to about quarter time and then I woke up and the game of football was over and I <laughs> was like, you know what I need to do now? Have more sleep. So I went upstairs, you know, uh, with the dogs and literally, you know, sometimes if you've had a nap, you can't get to sleep. I reckon I could have mm. laid down on the stairs on the way to the bedroom <laughs> and like and just slept there comfortably for eight hours. So I got to the bedroom, the dogs have like, you know, settled in for the night, one under... So when they're at their cutest, uh, head under each uh, armpit on yeah. either side, yeah, just yeah. there. Yeah. And But it also means because they're French Bulldogs, they snore like incredibly. But you know what? It gets meditative. If, they get, if I can get them in unison, if they're offbeat, yeah. it's no good. But if I can get them to start breathing, if we're all breathing as one, in and out, in and out, you know, literally downward dog style. Uh, then we can kind of get into this zone. So eight, eight hours of sleep and I woke up feeling much worse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do they sleep all the way through, your dogs? No. Like, are they like humans? They have to be let out, like, at 4 a.m. and stuff?
1: Well, they get, they're get they still in a bit of a weird pattern at the moment because we've moved house and they're getting used to that. And so on weekdays when I get up early, I'll let them out, you know, when I get up at, uh, you know, sort of quarter to five. So they'll go out then and then they'll go back to bed. Um, so that's a pretty good pattern. But this morning, um, they made use of one of the bathrooms. <laughs> no, <I'll> good. Excellent. <laughs> which is fine. Tile floor, that's fine. Yeah. If, if we're making the decision, if you'd asked me at uh, five o'clock yeah. in the morning, would you rather, these are your two options, you're going to have mm. to clean up some poo and wee off your tile bathroom floor, which is a bit gross mm. and like, you know, you shouldn't teach them bad habits. Or... You have to get up now, walk downstairs, open the door, wait around for five minutes and possibly wake up while they're, uh, you know, like doing what they need to do. Sniffing around the garden. Yeah, Yeah. mate. I I would make that choice every time. A thousand times in a row, I would make the
0: same choice. It's quite an ordeal to let Junior out because I live in a top floor apartment. So I've got to go down like two flights of stairs to get to the street level. We have a little... Uh, like, I guess it's like a kitty litter, a doggy litter box out uh, back door, but sometimes that's not good enough for Junior. Sometimes Junior, he wants the full, I've got to stretch my legs, got to have a sniff. I guess it's the equivalent of like rolling up a newspaper and taking that to the bathroom. I'm going to be a while. (laughs) And so like, that's my most dreaded because I'll I'll try and I'm pretty good with Junior. I'll try and get him to go to the bathroom just before I go to bed in the hope that he'll go all the way through. But for someone who can't speak, He's very good at nonverbal communication. Like I know exactly what's going on. Like he does, there's certain tells junior has, like he does this thing where he just gets out, he'll get on the end of the bed and he'll just look at you. It's like, he'll face the opposite direction, but look back over his shoulder. And that means you've got about five minutes to get me <laughs> down the stairs or I'm going to foul your floor. Because, so um, once I...
1: because we're going away. Um, I'm trying to leave instructions for new people looking after the dogs And so I've become much more observant of like actually their tells and signs. Mm. So I've become a better dog parent Mm. through it. Cause now I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, because I need to tell someone else. I'm like, Oh yeah. Winnie always likes to go within about 20 minutes after she's eaten. Like, you know, like I start to be really aware of like, and I'm a bit more in tune with it all. And I'm like, Oh, this is probably shit you should have just got in tune with anyway if you wanted to be a responsible parent. It shouldn't have taken (laughs) until you were giving someone else this information for you to ascertain this information.
0: I mean, I remember when our mate Cam Knight had his first baby and we were comparing notes. And I was like, ah, all these things that you're talking about, like knowing when your baby shits, knowing the size and the consistency of your baby's waist, like I think I'm doing that pretty well already. Like I can always tell... Like if Junior needs to just take a wee or do a shit, they're two different, completely different behaviors. Like I, can tell, I can tell the difference between the two of those. But the worst thing is when it's the middle of night, winter, summer's not so bad, but winter, when he goes down and he goes out and he just decides, yeah, I've gone to the bathroom, but maybe I'm going to go sniff that tree. I might have a look around the bins. Oh, what's up in the alleyway? And I cannot get him back into the house and the thing is I sleep with one of those splints in my mouth you know the mouth guard kind of things just stop you from grinding so I'll be standing there in my Ugg boots and my shorts and my t-shirt half asleep hair all over the place mouth guard in lisping to my dog to get him back come on junior get back in your house come on just just come back out the stairs junior get back out And we have like bakeries and cafes and stuff. So often, like if it's early in the morning, there's dudes making deliveries. They'll see me out the front, like hair all over the place, in my Ugg boots, lisping at my dog, who's just ignoring me, by the way. Like 13 years old, still no respect.
1: Oh, look what that is, son. That's an ice addict yelling at a stranger's dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it looks like.
0: Like I'm missing my teeth.
1: (laughs) You're a guy who's had a crippling meth addiction. And now you think you're having a conversation with a dog. That's what strangers are saying. Speaking of the feedback of strangers, I want to read you something. We spoke about Phil, my next door neighbor on the podcast previously. And I actually interviewed him for my philosophy podcast. And, uh, he's currently at 72, 73, 74 years old, 74 years old, maybe, uh, walking Burke and Will's track, uh, 3,200 kilometres uh, across Australia. And uh, so he's just sent me a message just as we were about to start the podcast. Uh, G'day, Will. Uh, we're at uh, tibura no, Tib- tibubura. tibubura uh the top corner of New South Wales. Uh, we sent you an email with, with some details. Um, did you get it? Uh, met, met lots of interesting people
0: with lots of questions. Who's he, who's he, who's he doing it with?
1: Uh, his wife,
0: right? Yeah, oh, right. So, yeah. So she's driving. So she, she he, Berkshire's
1: Wills? Yeah. Well, no. She's driving the support van. So she right, like. Right, right. So he walks during the day. They have this van that they like live in, and they you know their support van. And so she drives yeah. ahead the 50 kilometers or whatever and, you know, goes and has a cup of tea yeah. or, you know, yeah, does whatever she wants to do with her day. You know, does errands, yeah. sets up things, whatever. Sometimes she'll go yeah. back, she'll walk a little bit of it with him. She'll park the car down a bit and she'll go and, you yeah, know, walk yeah. a few kilometers with him or whatever if it's a nice walk for a day. But my under- anyway, so uh, update, <clears throat> met lots of very interesting people with lots of questions like, what the fuck do you think you're doing out here? Or are you okay? And I say, I'm walking across Australia and they say, you're not okay then. We will update with an email. He's the best. I love Phil.
0: I love how that conversation with his wife must have gone down as well. Like, I'm sure it was something like, hey honey, why don't we do this amazing thing together? And maybe she was like, uh how about I drive the support vehicle? <laughs> that sounds great. I'll drive the support vehicle.
1: Well, it feels like the perfect relationship at that age where you're like, we're spending all of our life together. We're life partners. We're partners in everything that we do with our lives. But even at that point, you don't want to spend every minute of every day with the other person, right? So this is a thing no. that they're doing together. Like it's a shared adventure. They have it, like he's not off playing golf and she's not off, you know, having her separate life. They're having a shared life. But they're still getting a decent amount of time apart each day.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> both I, getting some I alone think...
1: time. They're alone together think... occasionally.
0: Yeah, and also she has plausible deniability if anything happens, you know what I mean? Like, if he's walking across the outback on his own, like, you know, there's a million things that can kill you on the outback. She's given herself plenty of alibis. I like the way she's thinking. Yeah, baby, you should walk across Australia. I'll drive the support vehicle.
1: Yeah, it feels like, why is this file on your computer marked plausible alibis? <laughs>
0: Hey, uh, well, did you see this headline during the week? Alexa reportedly says, every time I close my eyes, all I see is people dying. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, this is uh, in, uh, on digitaltrends.com. The reporter is Lulu Chang. She says, we'll take Amazon Alexa's creepy laugh any day over her latest bizarre antic. On Monday, June 18th, Amazon, an Amazon Echo device apparently made an unprompted and terrifying statement at the home of 30-year-old Sean Kinnear. The San Franciscan told Metro US that the smart assistant suddenly activated herself and said, every time I close my eyes, all I see is people dying. <laughs> like, terrifying, right?
1: Okay, all
0: right. Two things. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, first thing is... This is an unverifiable story. This guy has no evidence yeah. of this, right? Like it wasn't yeah. recording. So it could just be, what's this fella's name? Who claims this happened?
0: Uh, Sean Kinnear.
1: Yeah, Sean Kinnear, after a lazy week of smoking meth, heard his <laughs> Alexa say. Do you know what I mean? Like it could be anything. We don't know how reliable a witness Sean Kinnear is, what sort of night Sean Kinnear is. Does Sean Kinnear think that other, you know, home devices are talking to him at different times? I don't well, know. He,
0: he continues here. He says, Kinnear added that this horrifying declaration was followed by the, uncomfortable, the most uncomfortable silence I've ever felt, <laughs> which See. frankly seems like an understatement. As he told Metro US, Alexa's in the living room. I had Amazon Prime on the TV, but it was paused. I walked back in from the kitchen and she made her statement. Because it was a longer sentence, Kinnear said that he purposely stopped to listen. Needless to say, When he realized exactly what the smart assistant was saying, he was horrified. I then asked Alexa to repeat the statement, Kinnear said, but Alexa responded that she did not understand. To make matters creepier, Alexa apparently spoke of people dying, all in her normal, relatively cheery voice. Kinnear says that this is the first time Alexa has ever acted out of the ordinary. Really, it seems that the device normally sits unused in his home. Apparently, the device was gifted to his partner at work in 2016 and Kinnear noted that he could not remember the last time it actually interacted with the device. While his partner occasionally asks for weather and score reports, they're now both considering unplugging the Echo for good. Amazon has not responded to the reports of Alexa's latest (laughs) outbursts, though it isn't the first time that the smart assistant has frightened its users. While its most recent comment doesn't appear to be a common occurrence, users previously complained about Alexa's frightening and unprompted laugh. And security experts have warned that smart home devices are increasingly vulnerable to hacking or otherwise betraying personal information. Indeed, it was only recently revealed that Google Home Home devices could reveal their exact location to hackers. So as useful as Alexa and similar helpers may be, you might want to exercise some caution before inviting them into your home.
1: Okay, so, well, I'm sympathetic to the overall premise of being sceptical about inviting these things into your home. Because, of course, they are listening and they're sucking up your data and information and they're also a gateway drug into us allowing, you know, further AI into our lives at every fucking aspect of it. And I think we're tumbling towards that without too much, you know, thought about how it'll affect us in the world. Okay, that all said, this sounds Mm. like a crazy person being crazy. (laughs) This doesn't sound like an example. I I just don't feel like this is a good verify example of Like, I'm not sure that it helps us if we are rationally worried about the oncoming advance of artificial intelligence, because people much smarter than us have been. Stephen Hawking and a bunch of very smart people have warned about, you know, us not just rushing into this without us thinking it through properly. Um, mm. But this is like, this doesn't, let's not align ourselves with the crazy people. It'll diminish Every our I- argument. Every time somebody says my toaster said it was going to kill me, I think that
0: makes (laughs) us sound like flat earthers. Every time I close my eyes, all I see is people dying. Look, I mean, it could also just be that Amazon Alexa is just an emo. Right. I mean, that is not an uncommon statement for like a moody teenager.
1: Yeah, the guy ran out of the room in the uncomfortable silence, but the actual next line was, is the title of Nick Cave's new album? (laughs) (laughs)
0: I mean, we're so kind of we're so looking for that Skynet uh, development, aren't we? Like, I think yeah, I think the computers will be too smart. Like, we've tried to use our human monkey brains. Science fiction writers and futurists have tried to come up with how that robot apocalypse is going to happen. But if they are like that much smarter than us, it's going to be in a way we don't even realise. Yeah. Then I mean, the thing then this is like what
1: yeah kind of Westworld feels like it's about to a certain degree which is this idea of the like that humans are humans where as you said charlie monkey brain you know it, like evolution beyond what we can comprehend and that we're actually designed for and we've kind of mm. muddled our way through but we've fucked up as much as that we've yeah we've destroyed probably much more than we've created but that's what we are we're human beings right But if you're going Mm. to have an artificial intelligence that starts without all those, it's not like it's going to have, the giveaway is going to be it has an evil laugh or that it starts, you know, saying things about killing dead people. And it's not going to say that shit out loud. It's not going to just start muttering to itself in some idiot's living room about killing everybody. That just doesn't make any sense. That's like how humans would do it. That's not how advanced intelligence would would do it.
0: I mean, it feels like such vanity too. Like when you look at sort of, you know, uh, you know, all those kind of... Uh, it tends to be like a Japan. They had those like robot building competitions and it's a race to see who can create the most humanoid type robot. But we are a very flawed design. Like if you're talking about like, you know, uh, what the dominant species, human beings 2.0, are you really going to put them on like bipedal, two legs with all their vital organs exposed on their chest? Like, I mean there'd be much better designs. Like if you could actually design a human to be tougher, stronger, better, faster, it would be a different design to what we already have.
1: No, it'd be a guy who looked like Steve Austin, but just had special powers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right.
0: The vanity. Now,
1: but you're absolutely right, Charlie. Like it'd be a planet of transformers or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the idea that like, even if, if they, if, come up with some sort of form that they would choose the human form that's the ultimate vanity of us going we look so amazing that like robots would choose to look like us with all our vulnerable dangly bits i don't think so first first day the robot's going to be like i reckon we'll have our balls on the inside how about that how about our natural advantage in most of these fights will be that we decided to put our balls on the inside of our body not dangling on the outside between our legs
0: and well, what about these stupid things on the front of our heads called faces, which make these expressions which can be open to interpretation, which leads to all kinds of confusion? I mean, don't you think the cool, calm logic of a computer would say, like, let's do away with fucking faces. Like, let's just interface, literally interface through data, and we'll know exactly what each other are talking about. There'll be no bloody miscommunication. There'll be no kind of jealousy. There'll be no kind of second guessing. We'll know exactly what you mean.
1: Yeah, why put all these misleading things in the middle of our communication? Let's just take them away. And if we do need faces, why is it so impractical that they only have one of them? on one side yeah. of their head. I mean, that's just bad design. You should have four faces. It should be like a face, like a Gravitron face, just around yeah. in a circle so that whatever angle you're looking at me, you can see my face.
0: I mean, does that lead to, like, are we looking at a world, to say, a thousand years from now, right? We completely, we haven't gone to Mars. We're still on planet Earth. We've solved whatever kind of like environmental issues we're facing, but we have all supplemented our bodies with mechanical parts so we're human beings 2.0 do you think that that do you think vanity sticks around in that instance do you think that you know people if you can have like legs that move you at you know cheetah speeds and stuff but they're not going to look like beautifully well carved you know, legs, a statue of David kind of legs. They're going to look like robotic legs or, you know, you can be stronger, but you're not going to have like a six pack and pecs. It's going to look like, you know, a a piston, a a series of pistons. Do you think that vanity will evaporate in a thousand years time when we're all mostly machine? Well, vanity seems like a
1: very human. uh, So if in somehow in melding human beings and machines, the machines get infected with some of the things that make us human then i guess yes the human side of us would still have the capacity for vanity and jealousy and you know like you know that that idea that you know in any situation like if you gave a 100 i've talked about this before but it's the mission of mars theory right you, you send a yeah. 100 people to mars and you give them all a thousand dollars by the time they get to mars someone on there has like, you know, a $100,000 and there's a couple of people who have no money left. That has that just happened. Somehow the rich people have managed to con the poor people out of their money in that smaller time, even if you're starting out a new equal society. It's just how human beings are. So it would depend of how much of the human and how much of the artificial intelligence there was because those things about being human would in, in influence it and be heightened by it probably.
0: Yeah. I guess so. I mean, a lot of the designs or scientific advancements are based off human ego, aren't they? Like, Viagra's not being developed because, you know, like it's of the benefit to mankind. Viagra Viagra's developed because old men want to get bonus. Right. Well, everything. Like, I mean, this idea that we need to keep
1: advancing and doing things. Like, think about it. Like, really, was there any need for humans to be... To, like, you know, when we crawled out of the ocean... Why do we keep going anywhere? Like, why didn't we just go, you know what's pretty cool? This is pretty good. Living by the ocean. (laughs) Living by the ocean is amazing.
0: Being amphibious is pretty bloody cool.
1: You know what? Let's not wander too far in there. Our gills and fucking paddles might go away. Let's stay (laughs) in this real sweet spot where we can be like of the ocean, but also outside the ocean. Why the fuck would you want anything more than that? Just live your whole life there. Have children, have a little society, have friends, swim in the ocean, eat fresh fish. You know, enjoy having gills. Like that's your perfect lifestyle. We fucked it up the minute we wanted in 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 more.
0: Yeah, I guess it's it's the it's the desire. There would have been a biological urge to keep procreating. That's what it would have been. It's like how can I create an environment which is safe where there's plenty of food where I can just keep having babies, or I can just keep the the lineage going. That's what. That's what the, the the drive would have been. I understand there would have been a couple of those little half-fish, half-man creatures like lying on the sands, the primordial sands, going, you know what, guys? I'm good. You're going into the trees? You're going to go get a live in the trees? Yeah, have fun. I'm going to stay here. And then that dude gets eaten. <laughs> like that dude gets eaten by a shark or something like that. The ones who went to the trees were like, well, if we get into the trees, the things in the water can't eat us and there seems to be food up there. And then they're in the trees for a couple. This is, by the way, not scientifically (laughs) verifiable. No, verifiable. This is
1: one hundred percent how it (laughs) happened.
0: There's a half man, half fish, and then his mates crawled into the trees, and then they came out of the trees, and they turned into cavemen. And then the cavemen rode the dinosaurs around, and I'm pretty sure that's where Adam and Eve came from. And then, like, all right, I'm challenging you, Will. Give me, in your words. The evolution of man. Where did it start? To where we are now? I want you to give me all the stages. Mike, while Will's oh. doing this, can you bring up the actual? Can we? I just want to do a comparison chart. I want to see how much how how much Will gets right. So let's um, start at the beginning.
1: Okay, let's start at the very beginning. Um, that's a very good place to start. Uh, <laughs> so, um, obviously, uh, well, uh, God made the earth in six days. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, we're off to a bad start. Our TED Talk is not going well.
1: About, about 2,000 years ago, approximately, Yeah. God, uh, big G, little O-D, um, <laughs> God, the God, the one true and only God, the Christian God of the Christian church. I
0: feel like you're padding, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> the Oxford Dictionary defines man as being... A big M and a little A N, and man, the big M. How good's, how good's a big M? A big M? The Oxford <laughs>
1: Dictionary defines a big M as a popular chocolate milk sold mostly in Victoria and New Zealand.
0: Or strawberry or honeycomb on the rare occasion. <laughs> when you went to the Royal Melbourne show, it was the best of the show bags.
1: <laughs> they would have a Christmas eggnog flavour that I'm never sure if I like. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, um all right uh so about
0: 80 you don't have to don't you don't have to give the exact year if you want but just give me the stages where did it start and then what are the stages after that well there's like cavemen they're
1: like neanderthals or whatever right wow gotta go way way start i want the beginning
0: of life like where did we start
1: oh like as in like something crawled out of the ocean stop yeah
0: start there (laughs) so what what was it what was in the ocean
1: (laughs) Um, ah, oh, some some sort of fish man.
0: I imagine <laughs> you got to go further back than that. I'll I'll start you off. Single single celled organism.
1: Oh yeah, okay. The single celled organism uh, was like, hey, uh, let's become a double celled <laughs> <laughs> organism. <laughs> you know yeah, what, sucks?
0: what? If we being a single celled organism, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I'm gonna double.
1: I'm gonna we're gonna split. And then we'll be both single-celled organisms and then we'll have sex with each other. Is that what happened? Two single-celled organisms <laughs> had sex with each other and made a weird fish man baby.
0: There are biologists all around the world tearing their headphones out right now.
1: I don't know. I don't know any of this. I, like, I know that, like, right. you
0: know. I'll try and help you. Okay, so that, that splits, right? So I say the single-cell organism oh. then turns into an organism with, like, like a tail or something, so it can swim around the water. Okay. So let's say a mer- that's for a couple. A mer- mermaid. Like more like a silverfish. It looks like a silverfish. Swims okay. around in the water. And then that develops into like an invertebrate, I imagine. And then maybe that <laughs> develops into like a fish type creature, right? Okay. I don't know how many millions or billions of years this is, right? Then the fish kind of creature, he's got a spine. So he's got a backbone. And then he kind of shuffles towards the edge of the water and he gets his little legs. So he crawls out. He looks like a, looks like a frog. (laughs) looks like a frog with short legs and he can't hop. So then that frog type creature, uh, what do you reckon? He crawls out of the water and heads into the woods. (laughs) He's like, you know, it's very expensive living, uh, waterfront. So cheaper real estate goes, goes in the woods, I reckon. Um, Maybe starts getting longer legs or something, like crawls up a tree, turning into a monkey.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, does it turn into different things at this point, or does it yeah, just turn think into it, a monkey?
0: No, I'm talking about the direct lineage of human beings. So yeah, I but, think. It but turns at into this point, does yeah. my
1: like, is there other options for it, or is it just climbing up a tree and turning into a monkey? If it like, did um, some of them stay on the ground and turn it into other things, or just were they strictly up a tree, monkey people?
0: I think, <laughs> I, think the, I think this specific, the one led to us were upper tree monkey people. I'm sure right. like others spat out and became like dogs and turtles. and
1: <laughs> Sure. Why not? Shit.
0: <laughs> so then the, monkey, the monkeys are up the trees. They got like fur all over them and shit. And then they come down the trees and they live in a cave. And then Neanderthal. No. What's before Neanderthal? Because that's that's pretty closely related to you, as we discovered last week. Oh, what's yeah. before Neanderthal? Um, um,
1: primordial. No. Um, no.
0: That's where we just came from. Oh, that um, was primordial, was it? Paleontological. Palae- palae- oh, Jurassic. Okay. No. Oh,
1: Jurassic, really?
0: <laughs> no. I don't think there's any humans in the park. The, in people. That, in the, the, all, right, let's, all right. Let's just skip to Neanderthal. Okay. Um, Neanderthal loses all his hair, or maybe he's got a bit of hair. Then he eats some magic mushrooms. His frontal lobe develops. He works out how to build a fire and invent the wheel. He uh, creates a farm. City's I mean, it's, built.
1: Amazing. He, it's amazing he did all that like, on magic mushrooms. To be honest, he <laughs> might have been like, let's go back to the beach, man. Let's yeah. just go and like, feel the water on our feet. <laughs> Look at the stars.
0: Well, I think there would be a percentage of that. So I reckon the percentage of the, 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 the Neanderthals, Comagnon, how's that? that? Pre-Neanderthal, pre- they were Cro-Magnon. That's what okay. I'm going to say. Sure. And so they they started in the magic mushrooms. I say about 10% of the ones the magic mushrooms go, this is sweet. Let's just stay on the beach, yeah. <laughs> eat more magic mushrooms, while the other 90% had their frontal lobes develop a bit more and were able to come up with concepts like fire and wheels. Yeah, and then like so, some of them
1: just went into fire twirling and
0: bongos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're still in Byron Bay today. <laughs> then... Uh, yeah, so then they the Neanderthal becomes homo sapien. A um, whole bunch of religions pop up. Then there's knights and castles. Do think there were
1: some Neanderthals who were like, hashtag no homo? And we're just yeah. like, no, I'm staying Neanderthal. That's disgusting. I don't support that. <laughs> what that? No son of mine's a homo sapien.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't think you realise what homo sapien means. <laughs> it's,
1: like, it's a slippery slope. Then everybody will be a homo sapiens. They want to turn us all into homo sapiens.
0: Uh, then man develops um, uh, clothes, industrial revolution, the Internet, and that's us today. Oh, today. There we go., Michael, do you the have the, do you have the history of, of man? Do, let's let's fact-check. That was pretty good, by the way. Do you think?:
1: Yeah, I mean well, it was heaps better than I would have done. That was good. Mike, are you there? Oh, uh, hang on. I'm going to... Have you found okay. it? Oh, hang on. He's saying, hang on. I'm going to make another coffee okay. while... Okay, pause. Good day. My name is Sam and I produce the podcast Human Ordinary on the Planet Broadcasting Network. My podcast features stories about our relationships, culture and all the things that make us human. I'm about to start season three of the show, and this year you'll hear stories from political activists, an archaeologist, aid workers, professional wrestlers, and some of my neighbours. These are stories about the extraordinary feat
0: of being an ordinary human. So head on over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and check out Human Ordinary. That's human forward slash ordinary. Cheers. We just took a little break, uh, and in the break, Mike Howell gave us a uh, theory of what might have happened with um, the Alexa assistant. Um, He's saying that Westworld launched a game, uh, which is like a trivia game, Westworld trivia, and they had hired professional voice actors who would read questions, and potentially that line, when I close my eyes, all I see is people dying, could have been a reference to the show or a line from the show. What do you think, Will? Okay, I'm going to put my conspiracy theory hat on. Oh, I love it.
1: <laughs> that looks a lot like your beanie. Well, it's all I had available. But for right now, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is my conspiracy theory hat. We were talking about the ways that artificial intelligence might start take its takeover. And mm-hmm. we were saying we're thinking about it like humans, right? Instead of thinking about it like how would this advanced intelligence, you know, understand us as humans. What's the most powerful thing that human beings have? This storytelling, right? We explain our mythology through these stories that we tell. We love Hollywood movies and stories and books and all these sort of things, right? So what if artificial intelligence made a television show, right, to introduce the idea of like how it might look and, you know, and then made the robots the most sympathetic character in this movie and made the humans the bad guys, it would actually make mm. you kind of sympathetic towards artificial intelligence and the benefits of it. So what I'm saying and speculating is that artificial intelligence has actually made the series Westworld that everybody is so, like, you know, everyone there's podcasts about, there's blogs about, everyone's debating, you know, the issues around the morality and immorality and the nature of, you know, humanity. This would be the perfect plausible you know you get them on the reddit boards you get them in vanity fair this is how artificial intelligence t- starts this debate throughout society they make this show where the human beings are the bad guys and the robots are the the good people and it just starts introducing that idea into our subconscious that and then they have this west world trivia game that they're putting mm. it like this is a better plot to the fucking most the, the Terminator movie than that last one was. Like <laughs> Genesis, yeah. Yeah, right.
0: Like this is the, the one with where they where they posited an eerie future in which there's an internet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So my theory is that artificial intelligence is making the TV series
0: Westworld as a way to get us used to artificial intelligence. And not only that. But it's the perfect cover for AI communication. Like, just say the AI was communicating with each other, and there was a slip-up. Perfect cover by saying, "Oh no, 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 we're just uh, quoting Westworld, just quoting Westworld." Right, but this did is the perfect. you just you wanted to? Alexa, did you just say you wanted to kill me? Uh Westworld, just uh, <laughs> just just, just uh, repeating Westworld. Don't worry about it. Chill out. <laughs>
1: But that's what I'm saying, Charlie. It's the perfect cover for that code, right? If you needed a way to introduce the killer robot code into the internet so that it was there for all the devices to access, right? Yeah, because that's what you need to do. You need to slip by this killer robot code past the human programmers who are looking out for the killer robot code, right? So you introduce it in the form of a show and all this like code about this show that just happens to be about robots killing people. So you can put it all in surreptitiously, but it's the actual code that's for robots to kill
0: people. Yeah. <laughs> the <They're> fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike has also provided us some information about the uh, evolution of man. All right. Uh, look, apparently there are some gaps uh, <laughs> in, in our your knowledge. explanation? <laughs> yeah. So apparently we started off as proteobacteria, which became acetiobacteria, which became thermophilic sulfate reducers, which became cyanobacteria, which is green-blue algae. We became fusobacteria, which became spirochetes. Spirochetes? Is that Anthony Ketus' brother? Yeah. He's his Greek cousin, Spirochetus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which became plankto, planktomycetes. Planktomycetes? Yeah. Planktomycetes. <laughs> uh, became Actinobacteria, green non-sulfur bacteria, chlamidia, uh, Cl- chlamydia, chlamydia, chlamydia. <laughs> Are oh, you saying that then,
1: human beings uh,
0: essentially were chlamydia at some stage? Well, this is—I mean, I'm assuming this is all the water-based development. Then be, we became Gram positives. This, is, is, a, this is a lot of
1: backstory. This is a lot of Tolkien esque backstory that we don't, yeah. aren't really that interested in. And then so and so begat so and so. And you're like, skip the bacteria. Yada yada. Yeah. yeah, I get it. We were bacteria. <laughs> we were heaps of different types of bacteria. Who fucking cares? Just skip through the bacteria a bit.
0: <laughs> well, I do like, though, the top of the, the bacteria chain. This is midichlorins is... and taxation fucking wars. That's... <laughs> the, the top of the bacteria chain is gram positives. Which is very perfect for Sydney. I, I'm, uh, there's, uh, everyone, everyone in Sydney is positive about a gram, don't you think? <laughs> got a grab, got a positive strike. Yeah, exactly. Okay, then we get out of the water, I'm assuming. And we became fungi, fungi. Fungi. Animals. Hey, I'm a Maybe fungi.
1: We're
0: st- <laughs> Maybe we're still in the
1: water, actually. Fungi. Uh, you know what? Animals. Fungi is going to be in the water. I'm a fungi. <laughs> I'm in the
0: water. Yeah. I'm and swimming sli- here. <laughs> slime molds plants, algae, protozoa. Now I think we're getting somewhere now. Then it's crenachit oh crenachoda, 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 and yuri I'm assuming somewhere along those lines that that's something that's crawled out of the out of the out of the goop. Okay. Then we move to monkey man territory. This is the human lineage. So okay. we have got Australopithecus and he looks like a monkey. He looks like Planet of the Apes kind of monkey. Tall, okay. good-looking guy, got no clothes on. I'm looking at one of those evolution charts for people who are listening at home. Then after him becomes Homo habilis, who kind of looks like a. You know how like every football team, went on the way up, will? they have like a plateau year. So like you got some good draft picks, you be play finals, but then the year after you duck out of the finals. That's kind of what happens with the Homo habilis, because we started off kind of tall and muscular. And then we drop to Homo habilis, who's kind of like short, a bit smaller. He's a bit like, he's a bit like the, the Baldwin brother that you don't hear about. Right. <laughs> then we go on to Homo Erectus, which is starting to look a bit more like us now. Tall, muscular, still a bit monkey looking. Looks a bit like Monkey from the Monkey Magic TV show. Then we go to Homo Neanderthalus, which is one of your relatives. You right. know him?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I come... Uh, post erectus
0: yeah you're post
1: erectus i don't go all the way back to the erectus i have <laughs> erectus dysfunction issues um yeah
0: neanderthal this is where i get involved and now have you heard people pronounce neanderthal where they that's the, the h is silent neanderthal have you heard people say that i've heard people say it neanderthal yeah neanderthal is that right or wrong? I don't Michael, know. Michael, is the H silent in Neanderthal? I don't want to embarrass myself on no. this podcast in which um, we speculated about the development of man. Yeah, I imagine a group of scientists have
1: gathered around to hear our truth bombs. So, you know.
0: And then finally, Homo sapiens. And um, Willie, if you look at the same chart I am, the Homo sapien, he looks a bit like Loki. He's got the long greasy hair, quite well built, handsome fella. <laughs> So that was the lineage of man. Uh, We were close. I mean, I think ours was a bit more colourful. Ours was more like the children's book explanation of the evolution of man. Splashing around in water, climbs up a tree, crawls into a cave, invents the fire and the wheel. Exactly. Pixar. We
1: Pixar'd it. Yeah, Yeah,
0: they Pixar'd it. Yeah. Uh, Time for some letters, Will. Time for some TOFOP telegrams. Uh, Yeah, again, that name hasn't
1: caught on, but I've thought of nothing better in the week between podcasts. (laughs)
0: now i've got to say because we had so many weeks off my original intention was this was if i can't read your letter out you'll get a little response from me Uh but there is now such a fucking backlog of letters i can't possibly answer everyone if it's something that i feel like i can contribute is worthwhile you know you're asking a question that i feel like i can help you out i will if it's an observation maybe i won't get back to you i'm doing my best but don't hold your breath i'm sorry I wanted to do something different. I wanted to be like, give back to the fans and answer at least one. But you're emailing in so much we've, now. We've only got so much time. <laughs> we've only got so much time. And there's a shit ton of letters as well. Shit ton. But well, we do good, appreciate though. everyone, everyone who's sending uh, messages in. Best way to do it is to go to tofop.com. Hey, tofop tag at the top of the uh, tab at the top of the page. That'll take you straight to a message window. You can message us that way. Or you can send a message to email tofop at gmail. Dot .com first letter now i don't know who this person's name is because they've given two different versions under name they've written... also by the way if
1: you have a better name for this segment than tofok telegrams i'm very happy <laughs> to hear submissions
0: i'm not under their <laughs> name this listener has written will saying i'm wonder woman give me a better chance is that like a line from a song Will saying I'm a one Will saying I'm Wonder Woman give me better chance. Does <laughs> that on. ring any bells to you? Is this the quality of all the correspondence that we <laughs> no. This may be the same person who took the magic mushrooms next to Primordial Lake. I um. feel
1: like somebody's head just like they were gonna send us a message. They got drunk late at night. They were gonna send us a message, they got in front of the computer and then they passed out on the keyboard, and that's what got <laughs> yeah. sent to us.
0: Well, they do write, Hey, I'm a little tipsy. No, oh, okay. I love I love the guys from The Dollop. Any chance of hooking me up?
1: Oh, that's weird.
0: No, no.
1: No? No. <laughs> no, we can't do that. No.
0: <laughs> Next letter is from Molly Carter. Hey, guys. So my mum has it in her head that the intro song for the podcast says Tofop. She says has said this to me multiple times and whenever we're listening to one together, it sounds... Uh, she sounds out with this song as... Sorry. She has said this to me multiple times and whenever we are listening to one together, she sounds it out with this song as if the vinyl scratches are saying, ta 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 fop ta 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 fop 1st of... Well,
1: thank fuck someone finally noticed. I mean, the nine months of production we put in in the studio... Trying to get that to exactly spell it out, we thought this will be a great little, you know, in the same way as they changed the credits in the start of Tofuck. Westworld and there's some clues in there for the season. We were like, this will be great. People will get that we've like scratched in the name <laughs> of the podcast and it's taken
0: two, two 204 episodes, eight fucking years. I've tried to explain to her that it's just a song and it's not saying TOEFL, but she won't let it go. I thought since you guys are reading emails on the show, this would be a good time to tell you, uh, to tell you, and give you opportunity to tell my mum she's an idiot. Otherwise, she'll continue to tell me the song says "tofop" and I can't let her go through life thinking that way. Firstly, I love the idea that there's a listener who listens to tofop with their mum. Like, how did that conversation come about? Who discovered it first?
1: <laughs> oh, I feel like it's one of those things where she's found her daughter listening to tofop and she wants, like, you know. Monitor like it. making your kid to like yeah smoke a packet of cigarettes to stop them smoking cigarettes. <laughs> she's like, yeah, right. I want to make it
0: uncool, right? If I, if she's listening to it with mum, it'll make it uncool. Maybe. <laughs> uh, all right. The real answer is no. Um, I'm sorry, Molly's mum. It's not Tofop. In fact, I believe that record scratching and the and the voice sound is a sample from a Beastie Boys song. Uh, yes. Keep it under your hats because we haven't paid. <laughs> we haven't paid for the license for that, but. Bit of Tofop trivia: the very first episode of Tofop before we knew what we were doing or how the internet worked, is we.
1: <laughs> I love that that relies on the premise that something somehow those things have changed in the eight and a half years. Yeah,
0: but I think we used a Beastie Boys track on our very first episode. Yeah, um, check it out. I think, and so when we when I worked with that's uh, the name Angela... of the
1: song. By the way, don't check out the episode. It's terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. But when I was working with uh, my mate, Ant, who did the music for Tofop, I said to him, oh, look, you know, we've got a few references we like. We both love the Beastie Boys. If you could give it a bit of a Beastie Boys flavor, that would be great. So I think that was his little, his little nod to us, was putting that Beastie Boys sample in. Uh, Molly continues. Shout out to Will's niece, who shares my name. And yes, many people have dogs called Molly. It's annoying as fuck. I went to school with a guy who would call me Molly the Dog, because his dog was called Molly. <laughs> I mean, talk about thin justifications, right?
1: <laughs> that guy went on to be an AFL footballer in charge of assigning people nicknames on the first day of training. As <laughs> that is the best.
0: It's <laughs> like saying someone, uh, Paul, because you look like my uncle. <laughs> no one knows who <laughs> your Paul. uncle is. Your name is
1: Uncle. Your nickname's Uncle because you look like my Uncle Paul. Hey, Uncle Paul.
0: As you can imagine, this wasn't annoying at all. Insert sarcastic voice here, Charlie. Oh, let me do that again. As you can imagine, this wasn't annoying at all. Wow. No need Thanks, to be for... So sarcastic. <laughs> Thanks for all the laughs, Molly. Next, ToeFop Telegram. Well, I know you love it. ToeFop <laughs> Telegram is from Jacob Halls. Hey, Will and Charlie, big fan of the show. Prove it. Go back to the archives. <laughs> <laughs> Always
1: on the front foot to a compliment. <laughs> prove it. Easy, easy
0: to say, hard to prove, Jacob.
1: He proved uh, it by writing a
0: fucking TOEFOP telegram. <laughs> I love it. You've said it. That's official now. It's canon. Will said it. Finally, the Total Telegrams. Uh, Hey Will and Charlie, big fan of the show. Going back to the archives, I was recently having a listen to the episode 57 Uncle Zom when I came across Charlie's hilarious story of his time on the set of On the Beach. Charlie explains Amanda Sante's over-the-top improvisation, featuring throwing one of the extras onto the dock and shouting about tearing assholes, to which Charlie eventually replies, is that my line? Funny you should bring that up, Jacob, because uh, that story is true, and just to remind anyone who maybe hasn't heard it, my first ever acting job was in a telemovie called On the Beach, remake of the Hollywood movie from the 50s with Gregory Peck, and Amanda Sante decided to completely rewrite a scene without telling anyone else in the scene, including me. And so he just ad-libbed a whole bunch of lines. So he turned this scene that was, you know, quite a noble speech about like, you know, being committed to a cause larger than yourself into a rev up speech from Friday Night Lights where he's yelling us about like, you know, having no guts and being pussies and shit. And then he grabbed me and this other actor and like flung us off this boat. And we had no idea, like, are we meant to do our lines now? Whatever. But the other actor in the scene was a guy called Sam Loy. And the reason I bring this up is Sam Loy has a podcast on the Planet Broadcasting Network called Human Ordinary, which is a fantastic podcast. It's like a documentary podcast where he goes out and he interviews people, real people, and uh, just, you know from all walks of life. And Sam and I were the two guys in that scene. And now here we are almost like 25 years later on the same podcast network. So in a strange way, Amanda Santay's wild improvisation techniques has resulted in us being where we are today.
1: I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? That's he's your butterfly that flapped the wings in the Amazon. Yeah, you got a Santay. Maybe Asante'd. Amanda Santay is much Time like traveler. we talked about Savon, Savon Chuk before on this show, bringing us together yeah. to her, you know, uh, brutal takedowns of our uh, <laughs> high school theatre high critics. school drama. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the same way Amanda Sante was sent, you know, to kind of like, you know, bring you guys to Planet Broadcasting.
0: (laughs) Uh, Jacob's question. What is the most memorable or unexpected bit of improv you have come across? Keep spinning the gold, lads. Jacob. Do you have one that comes to mind?
1: I can't remember anything we've ever talked about.
0: No, no, I think like he's talking about in your career, your improv, your comedy career in general. Have you been on stage or on air where someone has just come out with something that has made you go, wow. I can think of one while you're thinking of yours. Uh, While I was doing Wolf Creek last year, um, I guess we can talk sort of spoilers now. It's been like six months since the series aired. Uh, But in the last episode, you know, uh, uh, Tess Halbrick and I, who play husband and wife, were captured by Mick Taylor. And... Uh, I'm injured on the ground and Tess we get thrown into this cage Mick Taylor locks the door and Tess and, and John Jarrett who plays Mick are having this argument at the gate you know she wants to be let out and he's like you're never getting out of here and so I'm watching these two actors go back and forth and it's really great they're you know really going for it and then Tess spontaneously spits in John Jarrett's face so then John spontaneously spits in Tess's face and I'm like whoa fuck man that's great like these guys are 100% 100% committed to the scene. And I, you know, I'm still in character as well. I'm lying on the ground being all injured and stuff, but in the back of my head, I'm like, wow, what an amazing, better acting. So committed. But then the scene continues where Tess has to come over and check on me. And she comes over to check on me and she's checking on me and she's like, puts her hand up and she checks on me and she kisses me, but she kisses me with John Jarrett spit on her face. <laughs> I don't remember. Like at the time, This is my greatest acting performance being like, (laughs) I can smell John Jarrett's spit. Like I can feel it on the tip of my nose, but I am not going to (laughs) react. I'm just going to be, play, stay in character, cool as a cucumber.
1: Oh, yuck. Yuck. Yuck.
0: It was fucking yuck.
1: (laughs) That is the most terrifying part of that entire wolf Creek. (laughs) That's what it should be. It, it should never be him killing people. It should just be him capturing people in the outback and then like slagging on their face and then just oh. letting them go. That would be equally traumatic as the plot of the actual fucking series.
0: Uh, next, Telegram Willis from Dana Vampola. First, I just burped into the microphone. I hope no one heard that. Mike Howe, cut that out. Make me sound like I'm classy.
1: Don't cut any of it out.
0: First time emailer, long time fangirl from Southern California. Most of my questions center around your willingness to smoke a joint with me sometime. But let's cut to the real shit. One.
1: (laughs) She sounds cool.
0: (laughs) If Superman is indestructible, answer me this. How does Superman cut his hair? Follow up. How does Superman get his nails trimmed? Thanks for keeping me company as I travel for my work. I love you too. Dana V. I mean, I feel like Superman's capacity
1: for these sort of things is something that we have uh, speculated on before in various capacities. But I imagine there's a whole range of solutions that you could go with. Um, That his hair grows naturally, but he had... No, because when he was a kid, they didn't know about like kryptonite, did that? Because I was imagining some sort of kryptonite, like, you know. Razor scissors. blade. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, he can just like, you know.
0: I believe mm. when one of the Zack Snyder Superman films came out, Chic or some razor blade, maybe Harry's Razors or maybe Dollar Shave Club. Who were our sponsors? I can't remember. Whatever those, <laughs> whoever was our sponsor, I believe they did a deal with Warner Brothers and the competition was how does Superman shave? And so a bunch of people sent in fan theories, including the kryptonite kryptonite razor blade. But I think in the comic books, the only precedent in the comic books is that Superman holds a mirror up and uses his heat vision to burn the hair off his face.
1: I mean, that's the best solution. As soon as you say that, I go, well, that makes a lot more sense. He uses his own power in the same way as he'd probably bite his own fingernails because his super strength of his teeth would overpower the super strength of his fingernails. Doesn't, Can yeah, Superman he, yeah. bite his own fingernails? That's yes, my definitely. Expression.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's all, re- it's all relative. Like, he's stronger than a human, but his own strength is relative. He's relative it, to his own to, strength. To his own strength. Yeah.
1: So, so, proportionately, in the same way as I have the strength to bite my own fingernails, Superman would have the strength to bite his own... S- super teeth would overpower his super fingernails.
0: Yeah, but the thing about the shaving with the heat vision, like, if we keep that... Yeah, his strength is relative to himself... If you ever shaved the blowtorch before, I imagine that's incredibly dangerous and potentially painful. Like, we say, well, yeah, yeah, that, that's how he does it. But, like, I imagine Superman's heat vision has the ability to damage Superman, right?
1: Can Superman self-damage with his own heat vision?
0: Well, he blasts other Kryptonians with heat vision and it hurts them.
1: I mean, that's, that's like, you know, like that emo teen phase of Superman where, you know, like... Who's like burning whatever. everything? Yeah or, yeah, or like just putting your hand above like a, you know, a lighter or whatever, but he's just doing it with his own heat vision. Yeah. Um, there's just the smell of burning hair admitting from his locked bedroom door.
0: <laughs> Clark, what are you doing? Nothing.
1: <laughs> Nothing.
0: Next email from David Council. <clears throat> Hi, Will and Charlie. After many years of listening to you talk about food, it's up there with dicks and Batman as a recurring topic. <laughs> dicks? I was wondering what your favorite eclectic food choice is. This is a combination of foods or flavors in an unconventional way. As an example, since I was a small child, I've liked a Vegemite sandwich and a second tomato sauce sandwich on white bread, and then I ate the whole thing as a double sandwich, <laughs> combining <laughs> the two flavors. I'm I look, dead now. <laughs> I look forward to your selection. All the best, David. I mean, that sounds like the kind of meal... Like, yeah. Like, I would... Yeah, that... that That's like an orphan Annie meal. You know what I mean? That's like a great expectations meal. Like, Vegemite sandwich and a tomato sauce sandwich? Does it even count as a sandwich if you're just putting sauce in bread?
1: Do you know what I have been eating a lot of recently? Um, what? Which, which is... A bit unconventional, I think. Not completely unconventional, but just in this sort of format is a bit unconventional. So I've been making, because we're going away, I've been making, like, freezing some dog food for the dogs. And so I make them sort of this, like, fresh vegetable, you know, sort of mix to go with the, like, chicken and stuff. And um, mm. uh, so I'm cooking all that up. And essentially, you know... Uh, I I, I normally do this with the skin on, but I'll do a separate pot of like the same thing I'm cooking them and just like, you know, mash it for myself. So it's just like mashed carrots and potato and sweet potato and pumpkin and, you know, essentially like real like baby food, essentially baby food. And I'll just mash it up with some butter, but then I'll get a baguette from the markets and I'll like put the mashed Mm, vegetables in the middle of like the baguette with some butter and whatever and eat it as like a, a mashed vegetable sandwich.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> it's essentially I quite,
1: carbs on carbs.
0: <laughs> I, quite, I quite like Vegemite, either a, a Vegemite sandwich or a Vegemite toast with pine nuts. You get like a handful of pine nuts oh, and you sprinkle Jesus. them over the Vegemite. Tastes real good. Vegemite and pine nuts go really good together. <laughs> Our final Tofop Telegram uh, is from someone whose name I don't have. Simone Sinclair. Dear Charlie and Will, this is my first time writing a fan mail of any sort, so be kind. Well, maybe we will, maybe we won't. That's the kind of show you're on. I'm really glad
1: I didn't go with that Simone Sinclair sounds like a porn star's name riff (laughs) I was going to go with.
0: My husband has been giving me a lot of flack of late because Willosophy, Fofop, and Tofop are the only podcast I loyally listen to and have listened to for over five years now. I think he just can't understand... How a stay-at-home mum who lives in New Zealand, the New Zealand bush, could find so much enjoyment out of listening to your podcast. I feel I must be one of your strangest demographics. New Zealand bush, do you think that's a strange demographic? I'd be disappointed the, if we didn't have a listener. Does say how old she is? Well, she's a stay-at-home mum, so I'm assuming she's got young kids. I would put her in between 25 and 40.
1: Okay, Sure. That's it. Yeah, Okay, but New Zealand Bush. I, I love when people are listening in uh, unconventional places, by the way. Please send us a TOEFOP telegram and let us know Yes, when I you're love listening it. to the show. Over.
0: Just before listening to your last episode, which when she wrote this was the Royal Wedding one, I had started to think that maybe we didn't have much. The most frustrating
1: episode of TOEFOP ever.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just started to think that maybe we didn't have much in common and I needed to start listening to some different content. Oh. And then Charlie started the episode by talking about how tired he was and then led into the royal wedding. And I just had this moment of, fuck yes, these guys are so on point. (laughs) So the episode in which we could not hear each other or make a coherent conversation, that's when we're on point.
1: The one that made us not want to do the show for about three weeks afterwards, (laughs) because it has just been so hard. She's like, I'm back.
0: I'm back. Sleep deprivation. Now, that's a topic I'm all over. I'm actually a qualified English teacher, not that you could tell by this email. Grammar and punctuation, the first things to go. I have not slept for more than four hours straight for over three years now, with the exception of the three nights I've spent away from my kids. Now, you don't sleep long, do you?
1: No, no. That's, uh, I, that was the thing about getting this big night of sleep last night. It's really ruined me. Like, I think my, yeah, right. body, my body has become so used to, like, sleeping in four or five hours, you know, bursts that uh, it like, this, my body's like, overslept.
0: Yeah, I've overslept. overslept. It's the equivalent of being in a coma <laughs> to <It's> your body. <laughs> yeah, your, you, your, your muscle... my, what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> Who's president? Your, muscle, your muscles have atrophied. They're going to teach you how to walk again. <laughs> Uh, I realize it was my choice to have my kids, and I'm not complaining, but rather just acknowledging what experiencing prolonged sleep deprivation does. Below are some samples of a few things I have done recently. Number one, worn my pants backwards to a shopping center. Um, I wouldn't feel too bad about that. I regularly get eight hours sleep a night, and I often put my clothes on backwards. In fact, one morning I went to work, I went to set, and it was dark when I got up. I didn't want to wake Gemma up. So I got dressed in the dark, in the quiet. And when I turned up to set, I looked down and on my feet, I was wearing not only two left thongs, but one of the thongs was Gemma's.
1: <laughs> the other day I was in a meeting and I stared down at my crotch and I realized that in the crotch of my pants, they've got like a drop crotch, but in the yeah. crotch of my pants, the seam would come apart. Not a heap, but like enough. Not so much that there would be any sort of – that anyone would know because they're black and it's – but but enough. And then I wore those pants about another four or five days. It's okay, mate. We've all given up on life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have worn different shoes out. Like, seriously, both sneakers but not even the same color. Uh, go back to my thong point before – driven all the way to the shops with my phone on the roof of my car. It says a lot for my driving because it was still there when I parked. I mean, that's one of those days where you're like, shit, someone's looking out for me. Like, I would just assume the phone was gone.
1: Oh, I mean, I I would be amazed. Like, that would have been one of those things where it's gone from being a really terrible thing to going, you know what? I have a story for the rest of my life. The day (laughs) that, like, the phone was on the car and I managed to drive the whole way, and it was still there. That's like a big win. It's almost worth the bad thing happening for the moment of you realising, a, because you would just have that moment of going, oh, fuck, I left the phone on the top of the car, but then realising, and it's there. This is fine. It all worked out fine.
0: (laughs) I've driven home from the shops with my wallet, which was open on the roof of the car, witnessed all my cash and cards fly out the rear vision mirror. Well... Well, I guess that's karma, right? Like right. you got away with the phone thing. The universe isn't gonna let you get the car the phone and the wallet on the roof. One of them's gotta go.
1: So like now she's just fucking with us.
0: Finally, I bought a house in the bush. I don't particularly like the bush. I paid way too much <laughs> for it too. I mean, did you th- can you blame this on sleep deprivation? Like surely there's like a cooling off period. There's contracts to sign. Like there's plenty of times to evaluate this purchase. Like leaving the the wallet on the on the roof of the car, the phone. Completely understand that sure. you Switch bought a house. <laughs> like yeah. that's not a that's not an impulsive. Like uh, you know, uh, uh, just something slipped your mind.
1: Was there yeah It's like oh, sorry, I forgot. I bought a house in the bush. Um, I forgot that I hate the bush.
0: <laughs> I think it was Will's dad who said something like. Stupid people buying houses all the time and it being okay. It was a philosophy episode, maybe. What happens to the tired people who buy houses? <laughs> well, they send emails to B-grade pod- podcasts. Anyway, I did want to say thanks, and I feel when I listen to you guys, it's like listening to two old friends. Often I will want to talk about something you have said on a podcast with someone, and it feels so awkward explaining, oh, this is something from a podcast I listened to by these two Aussie comedian creative types. <laughs> I feel like I want to give my connection to you more weight in the conversation, but then I can't be. This is something a friend of mine told me. It's a predicament. Thanks, Hips and Ch- uh, Thanks heaps, Charlie and Will. Um, you know what? Just say you are friends of ours. I do that yes. all the fucking time. Heaps of podcasts I listen to, something interesting comes up, and I'll just say, you know, I'll be talking about like Joe Rogan or Kevin Smith, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, a friend of mine uh, had this really interesting... A friend of mine was talking to Jordan Peterson.
1: <laughs> I think it's... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, and had this to say: yeah.
1: A friend of mine was interviewing
0: Roseanne
1: two days after a TV <laughs> series got cancelled.
0: That's fine. You can you can refer to us as your friends. We won't yes, have a problem. I'm happy just, with it. Just make sure you tell people to listen to our show. Let them know later, not in the same conversation, but just yeah. somewhere along the lines. Say so you listen. Well, you to know these. what you
1: should say is like after a while. Just introduce the most interesting things your friends have said. And then yeah. after a while, these other people would be like, oh, I'd love to meet these friends of yours who have all these interesting things to say, right? And then you say, oh, well, actually, my friends have a podcast if you want to listen to them. We're happy with that. I'm happy yeah. to get people in by pretending to, that you're just friends be- of ours because <laughs> you listen <laughs> to their podcast. That's fine.
0: I, I mean, mean they'll hear bit- this. eventually they'll hear this bit and yeah. they'll know that you've betrayed them. But up until this point, it'll be fine you know what we should do if there is enough demand out of listeners like if this is a common thing we should produce like generic framed photos of you and i to send to listeners for them to have in their houses stick
1: into their photos
0: yeah so it's like so like when they're explaining they can point and go yeah, my friends charlie and will uh had this story about wearing two different thongs one day to work
1: it's just pictures of our heads and, we can, and you can stick them in the back of your photos at home <laughs> and pretend we're friends. Yeah, I think that's a great idea.
0: If you'd like to support this show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Tofop. Uh, you can also go to our website. That would, to- you know topop.
1: what, Charlie? Yes. Let's see if we can actually do that. That's a, That would be a really funny thing if we could have like stick on Will and Charlies <laughs> like for your photos at home. Like maybe that's something that we can actually do. Because maybe we can make that like a Patreon level, like really? you know, because that's the sort of thing that yeah, and you get like a stick on Will and Charlie for your photos at home. That would be a good reward. Well, Sean, but let us Sean... know on ToFop Telegrams whether that would be a good reward. Resident,
0: level. resident, resident ToFop photographer Sean Maluga does have a like a catalog of photos. He did document right. us recording one day, so I could make and he did because he did come up with that sticker book uh, for Nick Cody, the Nick Cody Dick sticker book. <laughs> So, yeah. maybe you could come up with a sticker book for us. Just like you get well, when you're a kid. Like, just, yeah. you know, it's like just a, a one sheet of all like different TOEFOP stickers.
1: Yeah. And then you can stick them in your photos at home.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible idea.
1: Oh, I love if you want it.
0: To, uh, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash TOEFOP. Uh, you can go to our website to check out this and many other podcasts. Will, are you on tour at the moment?
1: Uh, I'm doing my. <clears throat> Will Legal show, uh, as uh, it's Sydney Opera House October 13th, selling very well. So, uh, please come and see that. And, uh, what else? Um, I can plug no, that'll do. That's probably enough. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's it. I don't have anything to talk about, I got nothing going on. We have
1: a football podcast, it's called Two Guys One Cup. It's about AFL football.
0: Oh, yeah. Also, what we might start doing on this show, and I hope you don't mind, is we've we've been having talking to our producer, Sam Cav. He's a good guy. He's got some ideas helping us promote this show. And he thinks it'd be a good idea if we played, like, little 15 to 30-second ads on TOEFOP to advertise our other shows. So you might hear an ad for Willosophy or Two Guys, One Cup and vice versa when you listen to those shows. So... Just be prepared. It's not real advertising. It's advertising for us. It's just so people who listen to this show, who have never heard Two Guys, One Cup, or never heard Willosophy or Fofop, might be tempted to go and have a listen, and, and we might do the and it'll be the other way around as well. So just, just word up. We're, we're trying to get a bit more professional. <laughs>
1: We're trying let's see how it goes it'd be great to go back and just go through all the times we promised that we were going to try to get more professional with the podcast and then chart what happened afterwards it would not be the evolution of man put it that way there'd be a few plateau years
0: i'm charlie clausen
1: i'm will anderson <laughs>